Thank you for listening to the weekly message from Trinity of Fairview. Here's Pastor Stacy Harris. Got a copy of the Word. Open it up to the book of Philippians, chapter 4. We're going to look at one verse today, verse 13. We've been talking about joyful living in this book, and man, Paul not only exhorts us to live joyfully, I love it over and over again. He says, rejoice in the Lord. Take joy in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always, he says in chapter 4. And again, I say, hey, if you didn't hear me the first time, again, I say to rejoice. So we ought to be a people of great joy. Not only does he exhort us to it, he gives us some insight on how to do it. There are four chapters in this little book. There are four secrets that I've sought to skin out for you, all of them centered around the Lord Jesus Christ. And I will tell you today that if you're going to find any joy anywhere in your life, it's going to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not going to be anywhere else. It's going to be in Christ Jesus, all centered on Him. Also, I want you to note today four of the most powerful and familiar passages in all the Word of God are tucked into this little book. And we've been looking at them as keys. Chapter 1, verse 21, Paul says famously and, and very fervently, Now to me, beloved, to live is Jesus Christ. That means every breath I draw is Jesus Christ. Everything I do is Jesus Christ. Every need I have will be met in Jesus Christ. He is my source. And he said something very poignant, to die, beloved, that's just gain. That means I'll just walk into the very presence of the Lord himself. He teaches us that we must have Christ as our source to live joyfully. Chapter 2 and verse 5, another very powerful passage. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Think the same way he did. Let that attitude of living be in you, the one that was in him. And beloved, make no mistake, he was a servant while he was on this planet. I'm glad that he said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to seek and to save that which is lost. So we need to understand to have him as our single mind will mean that we are servants. If you want to, you show me somebody who's really joyful in life and joyful in Jesus, and I'll show you a servant of the Most High God every time. I'll show you somebody who's decided, hey, I'm just going to serve you, Lord, with all my heart and all my life. And he's taken up a posture, she's taken up a posture of serving those around them and putting them first and above themselves. You want real joy? Just get that attitude of servanthood in your life. Chapter 3, verse 10, Paul says, I want to know him to the neglect of all else and above everything else. I want to know the Lord Jesus Christ. To have joy today means that we must have him as our spiritual pursuit. All of life's circumstances teach us more of him when that's the case. Good, bad, or indifferent, they teach us more about him. We understand him more. We experience him more intimately and more deeply when it becomes our aim in the morning to get up and say, Lord, show me something of yourself today. If you want real joy, get up in the morning and pray, Father, show me something of yourself today. Father, show me something of your love and power today. Father, let me know you more when I lay my head down tonight than I did when I woke up this morning. And I guarantee you that no matter the circumstance, you're going to go through the day with great joy in your life. Today, I'm going to look at a passage in chapter 4, equally famous, if not more, equally familiar to people in the house of God, if not more. Chapter 4 and verse 13, it teaches us to live joyfully requires that Christ be our strength. To live joyfully requires that Christ be our strength. 
There are some passages when you get to them in the Word of God, they jump out and above the context like a jewel. And this is one of those passages. You may know it by heart. You may wear t-shirts with it on it. Today, I want you to read it with me. Rather than me just reading it in your hearing, I want you to read it with me. I always preach from the King James. It's just my practice. That's what's up on the screen. So let's read this together on the count of three. You ready? One, two, three. It says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Let's read it again. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. What a passage of Scripture to consider today. This world, you know, is full of instructions. This world is full of suggestions. You don't have to ask anybody to tell you how you ought to live. You don't have to ask anybody to make a suggestion about what you ought to do. Everybody in the world is very ready to sow into your life their opinions and the things they think you ought to do. Man, some suggestions that you get are just completely off the wall, and you think, man, do they understand anything about what's going on in my life? You know, I look at some products, even in the marketplace, and this will give us an idea, the kind of suggestions that are out there in the world, and sometimes how much sense they make. These are things, these are sets of instructions that are on actual products, on actual consumer labels out there. I'm going to read some of these to you, and you're not going to believe that, but they are. They're actually on products that people buy. Now, as I'm reading these, I want you to consider the only reason they would put these on a product is because somebody somewhere has done this in their lifetime and made them have to go back and put this uh, at fear of lawsuit on their product. On a Sears hairdryer, here's one of the things under the instruction section on a Sears hairdryer, do not use this product while sleeping. How many of y'all, hey, hey, I've never thought about using a hairdryer. While I was asleep, but somebody somewhere must have got to walking in their sleep, used a hairdryer, burned the house down, and, and man sued Sears for it. Now we got an instruction on a hairdryer, don't use it while you're sleeping. Man, I think about this, on a bar of dial soap, on a bar of ordinary dial soap, this instruction is there on the directions of how to use it. Use like regular soap. Man, how do you use irregular soap? That's what I want to know. Use it like regular soap. My soul in the morning. Man, right here on a, on a swan's frozen dinner, under the serving suggestions, is one word, defrost. Now, I, I think I could have got that, don't you? I, I mean, I'd hate to think I took a frozen dinner out and tried to gnaw on that thing for a little while. Defrost, my country and the world. On a Sparks and Spencer's bread pudding, you will see this warning. Product will be hot after Heating, really? Are you sure about that? The product's going to be hot after eating. On an iron, now this is on a name brand package of an iron that, that people buy every day. Do not iron clothes while they are on your body. Now think about that. Somebody somewhere has ironed their clothes while they're on their body. Heaven help us today, I'm just here to tell you. On a children's cough medicine, I like this. On a children's cough medicine, it says this, do not drive the car or operate heavy machinery after taking. I hope there's no five-year-olds working a construction job somewhere where they have to heed that warning. On a Nitol sleep aid, this, has, uh, this takes place. This may cause drowsiness. Man, I hope it does when I take it. 
on a Korean kitchen knife this warning exists. Keep out of children. Listen to what I said. On a Korean kitchen knife, keep it out of your children. Something had to have gotten lost, beloved, in the translation somewhere. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. On an American Airlines pack of nuts, and I've read this for myself. Here's the instructions. On an American Airlines pack of peanuts, open the packet and eat the nuts. How many of y'all, hey, hey. <laughs> Seems to make sense. I like this one on a Swedish chainsaw, and I'll close with this one because it's something I don't hardly believe myself. But here's a warning on a Swedish chainsaw. Do not attempt to stop the chain with your hands. How many of y'all here, hey, I never thought about that in my life. Trying to stop a chainsaw with my hands. All kind of instructions, all kind of suggestions in the world. But I'm here to tell you that what we need as Christians and what we need as the church of living God is not more suggestions, not more sound advice. But what we need are clear and concise statements from the word of the living God to take into our lives. What will enable us to live joyfully today is when we get into the Word of God under the leadership of the Holy Spirit and understand that there are placings where He's not making a suggestion. Paul today is not putting forth a piece of sound advice, but he's trumpeting to us loud and clearly and concisely a direct statement. He's pointing this to an indispensable truth for Christian living, and especially if we pretend to live joyfully when he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is a statement in the Word of God today. Not a speculation, not a piece of advice, but a clear and a concise statement. Not a conjecture, not a suggestion, but a statement in the Word of God. A handful of things I want to show you today quickly in the time I have about this statement. Number one, I want you to see it's a bold statement. He says, I can do all things. I can do it. That's a bold statement in the Word of God. When you read this, I mean, intuitively, you understand, man, this is not a, loft, a small thing to say. This is a lofty statement to make when you say, I can do all things. I can do it. I'm here to tell you that there's not a kid in the world that doesn't believe they can't do anything when they're born. They believe they can do anything and everything. And I want you to listen to me. It's our fault that they grow up and get to the place where they begin to think they can't. For what we do is so into them time and time again. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. And we teach them. I love a Disney movies. One of my favorite of all time is Finding Nemo. It's about a little clownfish that gets lost. And his daddy clownfish ends up having to go on the adventure of a lifetime and face all kinds of dangers just to get him and to bring him back home. One of his statements that he makes over and over and over to Nemo, Marlon does early in the movie, is Nemo, you think you can do these things, but you just can't. You think you can do all these things, but you can't. And we live in a world today, beloved. And we live in a culture today, beloved. And we have an enemy today, beloved, who arrays himself against us and he looks us in the eyes and he whispers into our spirit time and time again, you can't, church. You can't, Christian. You can't do that. But right here, we have a bold statement from the Word of God that doesn't say you can't today. It says you can do it today. And we ought to take it into our hearts and into our spirits today as medicine for the whole the soul. When the entire world says you can't, the strength of God inside you ought to rise up and say, oh yes I can do this. We ought to be that bold in the face of the enemy.
You show me a joyful person, and I'll show you one who believes so much in the Lord Jesus Christ that they believe that anything is possible in and through him. Paul said boldly, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want you to see secondly, not only is this a bold statement, this is a broad statement. He said, I can do all things. Isn't that something? Wow. I can do all things. He didn't say I can do a few things or I can do some things or, or not even I can do many things. What he said was, I can do all things. What a broad statement. The scope of that, man, you can't draw any limits around all things. All things just means all things. Don't you wish that in the physical realm there was a strength inside you able to meet all of life's challenges? Man, as the older I get and the grayer my hair gets, the more I understand that my strength begins to fail and to falter very often in my life. Not only in the big things, in the small things. I was at the hospital about a month ago, and a bottle of Dasani water whooped me. How many of y'all hear what I'm saying? Just one little bottle of water. I was up there visiting two folks, man, two families at the same time, one in one hospital, one in the other, and I was kind of going back and forth, and, and man, one dear sister had a bottle of Dasani water. I, I said, uh, you get you a bottle of water, looks cold, looks good. She said, yeah, but I can't get the top bottle of it. Can you help me? And man, my ego just swelled up. I thought, yes, ma'am, I can help you. I've been working out. How many of y'all, hey, hey, and right here is an opportunity to display my physical prowess right here, not only in front of you, but in front of this entire waiting room. And man, I grabbed that bottle and I began to twist on it. And I realized something. I thought, wow, this is not your ordinary bottle of water with an ordinary cap on it. And I tried to play it off. You know how you do? Like I wasn't really trying. I mean, I'd twist on it and I'd talk with my hands and I'd twist on it and I'd act like I, I really hadn't made an effort yet to get it over. And before long, I had my shirt untucked. Have y'all done that with it tucked in my in my shirt trying to oh there's moisture on it trying to play it off as that and man finally I was down in the floor just about grunting and sweating and almost coming to tears trying to get the top off of that Dasani bottle of water I told her I began to make excuses I said they've cross-threaded this at the factory sister they must have got some glue on this cap it ain't coming off I made a suggestion I said the best thing you can do go up there to that lady and see if she won't swap it out for you give you money you can go get you another one and man I eased across the way to the other family I came back to check on her one more more time and there she was drinking her bottle of water and I said well I see they took care of you they swapped it out she said oh no they didn't swap it out I took it up to the little receptionist and she opened her just like that I mean y'all here hey hey I said the only thing a male ought to say in that time I what what, what did I say well it must have been because I see y'all have been there before haven't you I loosened it up for her sometimes my strength in the physical realm failed but I'm here to tell you there is a strength in the spiritual realm that will never fail you. There is a strength that's limitless in the spiritual realm. It's the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when I was born again, God himself took up residence in me. And there is his strength down inside me. And it's enough of a strength to meet every need I'll ever have. Every obstacle that I'll ever face. Listen to me. There's no obstacle too great in your life that the strength of Jesus Christ in you can't overcome it. Listen, there's no situation in your life so dire that the strength of Jesus Christ doesn't have the solution to it. There's no door in your life that's closed so tightly that the might and the strength of God isn't able to open it before you. There's no need, hear me, in your life too great today that the strength 
strength of God isn't able to meet it. There's no task before you that's so daunting that his strength isn't there and able to accomplish it. Paul said, I can do all things through the Lord Jesus Christ who is my strength today. What a bold statement. Man, what a a broad statement. You want to live joyfully, get to a place to believe in the bold and the broad strength of the Lord Jesus Christ inside you. Thirdly, I want you to see this. Not only is it a bold statement, not only is it a broad statement, I want you to see that it's a based statement. He said, through Christ. I can do all things. What a bold and broad proclamation. But here's the basis of it. He says, I can do it through Christ who strengthens me. It seems to say that, man, somehow there's a regulation to this. It's not just a willy-nilly, I can do all things, but somehow there's something that governs what those all things are. And I want you to note two things that I'm going to suggest to you right here that are the basis for this bold statement. He could have stopped with saying, I can do all things, but he didn't because man alive, he understands that there's a basis and a reason that makes me able to do those all things twofold. Number one, he says we got to understand that his strength is first of all our basis. If you're a note taker, you ought to write this down. It is always his strength and not mine. It is always his strength and not mine. That's the basis for this. Always. It's not, man, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. It's he can do it, he can do it, he can do it. I can do it through his strength today. What a basis for it. What a joy to know that there's someone you can call to do something for you when you just can't. Man, that's a joy. Uh, some years ago, our, our dryer was beginning to malfunction. It was making the awfulest noise you ever heard in your life. I jumped on Google and began to diagnose the problem with our dryer and came to the understanding that it was the bushing that held the drum in the back of the dryer that had worn out, and it was causing it to make that awful... Y'all ever heard that in your dryer? I found out that was the bushing in the back of my dryer drum. Man, I called the appliance place, found out that this bushing cost somewhere in the neighborhood of 63 or 64 cents. I thought, man, I got a college degree. Man, I got uh, some some secondary education degrees. Man, I could surely put a bushing in the back of a dryer for 63 cents. So I told him to hold me one. I went and picked it up at the appliance store. I printed me out an exploded diagram of that dryer, and I started backing screws out of that thing like there was no tomorrow. I started taking panels out and tops off and disconnecting things in there. I thought, man, I'm going to fix this bushing. But the further I got into it, the more I realized, you know what? I ain't going to fix this dryer. I'm going to sit right here and absolutely destroy this thing right in my living room. And, man, I stopped and started calling people. I said, man, you know any good dryer repair, man? Well, a guy said, call this guy. I called him up. I told him, I said, brother, I got a bushing in the back of my dryer. It needs to be replaced. Can you help me? He said, I'll come over there. I ain't got anything to do this afternoon. He walked in the door. His face turned whiter than a sheet. I mean, hey, hey, hey. He looked at that dryer. He said, I'm not even sure. I'm going to fool with that thing. But since I came out here, I'm going to take a look. And he looked at it and looked at it. In about 10 minutes, he said, I'm going to be able to fix it. But he said, preacher, you ought to thank God that you didn't take one more screw out of that dryer because if you had we'd be hauling her to the junkyard right here and right now he fixed that dryer for me praise be unto god now you know what i do when i have an appliance problem at the house i find his card on the kitchen uh, uh refrigerator and i call him up and say brother i got an appliance problem can you come over he never fails to ask me this question preacher have you started working on it yet or not how many of y'all here hey hey he wants to know and i don't blame him and what a joy it is to have somebody to call, 
to do something that you just can't do. Well, you know, in the spiritual realm, we have someone on whom we can call. When you face things and challenges in your life that you just can't overcome, and you know when they come, you say, oh, my soul, how am I ever going to make it through? What a joy it is to know that there's one on whom you could call who has a limitless power available to him. And man, his strength is there for the asking in your life. It is limitless. It is nothing that it cannot do or overcome. I'm so glad today that Paul didn't say, I can do all things through my resolve or through my intelligence. I'm glad today that Paul didn't say, I can do all things through my persistence or through my place of influence. I'm glad today that Paul didn't say, I can do all things through the eloquence of my speech or the power of my will. I'm glad he didn't say, I can do all things through the magnitude of my bank account or through the righteousness of my living. I'm glad he didn't say, I can do all things based on my looks or my charisma or my athletic ability or my sense of humor or my friends or my family or my fortitude. I'm glad today that he said, I can do all things through the Lord Jesus Christ who strengthens me at every hand's turn. The basis, first of all, is his strength. Sometimes I need to tell myself, I know you can't do it, Stace, but he can. Sometimes when I'm faced with something, I have to say, look, I know you can't do it, Stace, but he can do it in you and through you. Sometimes I'll just tell the devil, listen, I know I can't do this, but beloved, I belong to one who can do it. And he's going to show up mightily in this circumstance and situation. Man, it's based on his strength, first of all. Secondly, I want you to see that it's based on his strategy in your life. Through Christ literally means this, by the way of or down the avenue of. In other words, it means that all things must go through him. It means that all things in your life must meet his approval. It must mean that before you can do anything, it must meet his approval. you got to run it by him. You say, what are these all things? Because I'm here to tell you sometimes in life, there are things that we try. There are things that we pray about, and yet we don't see those things come about in our lives. And why is that? Maybe because it's running counter to the strategy of God in your life. And we start asking him to do things that don't meet his approval in our life. You ought to write this down. Down, beloved, Christ will never empower you to do anything that he hasn't approved to be in your life. Christ will never empower you to do anything that he hasn't approved beforehand to be in your life in that moment in time. You may be praying about it, praying about it, and praying about it, but I'm here to tell you, if he hasn't approved it for you, you can pray to your blue in the face and he's not going to give you the strength to do it in your life. Oh, but if it has met his approval. I guarantee you it's going to come about in your life through his strength. Man alive, first of all, we understand that it must meet his approval. I wrote this down. He's never going to give you the power to commit shameful acts, things that bring reproach upon the ministry. He's never going to give you the power to perpetrate sin in your life. You can ask him all you want to help you rationalize it and resolve it. What he's going to do is give you the power to overcome sin in your life. That's what he's special at. He's never going to empower you to do anything that's motivated selfishly. When you go there, make no mistake, it's all you, beloved, in that moment in time. He's never going to empower you to do anything that doesn't come through him and meet his approval. Secondly, not only must it meet his approval and his strategy. It must be according to his plan. You can write this down. Christ will never empower you to do anything that he hasn't planned for you to do. He's never going to empower you to do anything that's not in his plan and purpose for your life. How many of y'all believe God has a plan for you? Then you've got to believe that plan is good. 
you got to believe that plan brings him glory and honor and praise. And you got to believe that that plan's ultimately going to bless you in the end. How you say, Pastor, how do I know what these things are? How do I know if this meets his approval? How do I know if these things that Paul are talking about in my life are according to his plan? Well, if you ever wonder, I'm going to give you some personal things that I ask. This is the way I handle it in my life. When I'm beginning to wonder, God, does this meet your approval in my life? Or, or, or is this according to your plan in my life? I ask a few things. First thing I ask is, is it necessary? Is this absolutely necessary in my life, God? Is this something that you've made clear to me that this has to happen in my life? Now, that's not all the time a, a one-time momentary act. Sometimes that takes time in my life. Sometimes it takes the Holy Spirit speaking to me and saying, Stace, I need you to do this. And I say, okay, let me think about that. And then a little while later, he'll say, Stace, I really need you to do this in your life. Okay, I hear you, Lord, but I want to make sure that's you. And time after time after time, the urgency will grow greater and greater and greater until I understand this is a necessary thing. This is something that God is asking me to do, and he's not going to leave me alone until I do it in my life. Man, if that's the case, every ounce of strength you need to do that will be available to you in your life. I ask also, is this a now thing? Sometimes it's a necessary thing, but it's not a now thing. God often tells me things in my life that don't come about for three, four, five, six years. It may be that he's just given me a picture of what's down the road. It might not be right now. It might be later on, and sometimes we mistakenly jump on it right now and say, all right, God, let's do this thing when all he's doing is giving you some insight and some time to prepare for that eventuality in your life. Now, the opposite's true as well. Sometimes he's saying, Stace, this is now. Do you hear me? I'm saying right now I need you to do this thing in your life. Life. And when that's true, the Holy Spirit will make it clear. I ask, is it necessary? I ask, is it now? But I really want to share this one with you, and this is, is really easy. Ask if it's normative. Ask yourself, is this normative? Is this thing I'm wondering about is right or wrong for me? Am I, is this thing I wonder if God's asking me to do? Is it really him or is it me? You need to ask yourself, is it normative? You say, that's a big word. What in the world does that mean? That means, does it go along with, with what God has planned for your life? Does it run in parallel to the way God works? Does it run in parallel to what his theme is for your life and for not only your life, but for the lives of those around you? If you want to know if it's normative, you can go to the Word of God. You see right here? Man, this is normative for the Christian life. Anything that's in there that He tells you He wants you to do, He has the strength available for you to do it in your life. If He's asked you to do it in the Word, beloved, He's going to provide you the strength of Christ to be able to do it in real and living terms every time. So ask, is it, is it normative to the Word? The Lord's never going to ask you to do anything that runs counter to His revealed Word in your life. Then secondly, ask this. Ask, is it normative with His will for my life? Now this is where it gets hairy. What does God call me to do? God's placed a calling on my life. He did it when I was just a little boy. I knew it. Now, there was a whole lot of years I tried to deny it. There was a whole lot of years I tried to outlast God in it. <laughs> there was a whole lot of years I tried to substitute not bad plans, but good plans in my life, profitable plans in my life, plans that I had the intelligence and, and the ability to obtain in my life the whole time knowing but that was not God's plan for my life. What's he called me to do? He's called me to preach. That's what he's called me to do. 
He's called me to pastor a church. That's what he's called me to do. And as a result of that calling, there are things in my life that are just not possible anymore. You understand what I'm saying? Not bad things, but things in my life that are just not possible anymore. Because of what he's asked me to do, it narrows the scope that I have for my life. There was a little lady here who was a missionary, spoke to us at the barbecue on July 2nd. Man, just a pretty little lady on the inside and out, full of the Holy Spirit, ministering to, to deaf children in Africa. What a calling of God in her life. Man, Tammy and I were talking about her. Man, she's just vivacious and full of life. And on the way home, we talked about, man, I bet, I bet she can't even afford to think about dating someone in her life. Why? Because God has called her to do something so specifically and so dynamically for him that for her, that's just not on the radar screen. That's just not something that's in her life right now. And you see, you have to learn, what has God called me to do? Because even good things sometimes in your life, he'll say to you, son, that's not for you. This is for you. He'll say, daughter, that's not for you. You can look around at everybody else, and it might be all right for them. But let me tell you, it is not for you. I have called you to a different place and a different thing in your life. So you got to learn to discern for yourself what is normative with the call of God in my life. What will further his call and what will hinder his call in my life? And beloved, anything, hear me and hear me well, that will further the call of God in your life, he's going to provide the strength for you to do it every time that you step up to the plate. Man, I wish today that you would understand. I, I use a pastor. I used a missionary as an illustration. But I'm here to tell you, do you understand that God has called you to do something today? Do you understand that he has a call on your life today? And the way you conduct yourself has everything to do in the Christian realm with living in parallel to that call of God that is in your life. There may be certain things on the job you just can't do. There may be certain places you just can't go with other folks. There may be things that the will and purpose of God in your life just says, look, you cannot afford to do that. It'll just distract you and derail you. You know what the enemy's good at? The enemy is not good, is, it does not bother to bring things into your mind that are completely polar opposite of the will and purpose for God in your life. You know what he does? He brings you that thing that's so close to it that you'll be lured in by it and before very long. It'll destroy the will and the call of God. A good thing. A thing that everybody needs. But something God said to you, listen, you don't need to be with doing anything like that right now. What a, what a powerful passage in the Word of God. A bold passage. I can do it. We need to learn to stand up church and be bold. A broad passage. I can do all things, but note that it's a base passage. It is always about the strength of Christ, the plan of Christ, the will of God, and not my plan, not my will, and not my strength. That's what this statement is based on. And I want you, as you bow your heads and close your eyes, to not overlook one more thing. You need to look at the beauty of this passage and the beauty of this statement. It definitely has something to do with you. For it starts out, I can do all things. It has something to do with me. It definitely has something to do with God. Because the end of it is, I do it, but it's really Christ who's provided the strength. 
So the beauty of this passage is that it just subtly points out how God works in this world. God is sovereign of this universe. How many of y'all believe that's true? God is in control, beloved. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He created all we see. By Him all things consist. And man, He rules over it all. Listen, what He thinks today comes into being just like that. What He speaks with His mouth comes into being just like that. He's sovereign of this universe. He doesn't need me for one thing, beloved. There's not one ounce of Him that's dependent on one ounce of me yet. For some reason that I don't completely understand or even barely understand, he's chosen to involve you and me in the process of the working out of his will and purpose on this planet. He's chosen to involve you and me in bringing lost men and women to the cross of Jesus Christ and helping them respond to his grace. For some reason... He's choosing to work through these old earthen vessels that the power and the excellency might be of God and not of men. How many of y'all know that's a beautiful thing? To be involved with the purpose and the plan of God in this universe. To be called to stand in the gap in prayer. To be called to stand in the pulpit and pray. To be called to a, to a mission field somewhere, whether home or abroad. To be called to teach a Sunday school class. To be called, God help them, to climb on a bus with 160 teenagers and go to Myrtle Beach for a week. To be called to do those things. Man, what a beautiful thing that is in the perspective of the kingdom of God. That we might cooperate with the King of Kings. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. If you'd like to find out more about Trinity of Fairview, visit us online at trinityoffairview.org or call 828-628-1188.